This is Winning Slowly, taking the long view on technology, religion, ethics, and art, because doing good work takes time. I'm Chris Kreitcho. And I'm Stephen Carradini. This is Season 4, Episode 13. Today we're talking about South Korea and the global church. And so... One of the things that we've been interested in with our whole globalization season is what's happening in other places. And we've touched on religion as part of ethics, but we haven't touched on religion specifically as in what's happening with religion in other places. And so this is the episode where we're going to do that. As we we usually say when it comes to religious episodes, we have much more knowledge of Christianity than we do of other religions. And so this is going to be focused almost entirely because we're interested in global Christianity for this episode. But as a a generalized structure, we generally focus more on Christianity because we know Christianity anymore. Because we are Christians. Because we are Christians. And then the specific thing that we're interested in is actually the globalization of Christianity and how it is going in other places. What are other continents, other countries, other synods, other various denominational things? What's going on there? (laughs) Yeah. And so we'll give you a, a fair warning that this one doesn't have a particular punch in the face appeal to it. In fact, kind of the opposite, because that's not really the kind of thing Jesus wants us to do, punching people in the face with our podcasts or in the face in general. But but this one, we're just going to talk about something we find interesting. That's one of the the show formats we have. And this is interesting to us because as Christians, as people who are very strongly confessional Christians, we think that the claims that Christianity makes in a historic and metaphysical and theological and ontological sense are all true. We also live in a world where we have a history of things like mostly Christianity being a European and American phenomenon for many centuries. And even as it has existed, some centuries. Yeah. Not many. uh, I mean, I'm going with many, given that most of Christianity was mostly centered in Central Asia and Europe for most of its history. Now, of course, from the very beginning, Christians have been all over the world. There were bishops from North Africa and St. Thomas St. Thomas went to India. There have been missions work uh, all over parts of Central and Western Asia and Eastern Asia going back many centuries. But the majority of Christians up until the 19th century lived in Europe and America. And that's just a demographic statement, not a moral statement in any sense. But what we've seen happen since then, again, in a descriptive sense, is a rapid shift over the course of the 20th century out of Europe and America in in the course of the decades of the 20th century the quote-unquote center, the demographic center of where most Christians live in the world moved dramatically. It moved from being that primarily European and American phenomenon to being a very profoundly global phenomenon. And more than just being global, it became a phenomenon that has actually found 
its center and an increasing measure of its influence entirely outside of the historically more Christian or Christianish or Christian associated West. And in particular, there have been massive movements in South Korea, all across much of Central and South Africa, some in North Africa, though that area is much more Islamic and Muslim, historically speaking though that area is much more Muslim, historically speaking. Mm -hmm. And throughout, especially Southeast, but all of East Asia, the rapid Christianization of South Korea in particular is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And the growing movement of both hidden and uh, public Christianity in China, even after the crackdowns that happened against it in the mid to late 20th century, have been astounding. And so it's just a point of interest, as well as, frankly, excitement to us as Christians. Mm -hmm. And you can't forget South America either, where the truth is from, and where they have a different focus of their Christianity in some ways, uh, because they have different cultural expectations, they still are the continent of the current Pope. So throughout the world, there are Christians that look very different than American Christian denominational life. Now, sometimes these denominations are shared across various oceans. So I uh, got to celebrate Easter um, with a a very involved Easter vigil that was run partly by a church in Washington, D.C. that had been planted as a mission of the Rwandan uh, church, Anglican church in Rwanda. They decided they were going to plant a church in America. Note which direction the planting happened. (laughs) Historically, we tend to think of missionaries being people who leave Europe or America and go to these other places to plant churches. But increasingly, that's actually only one direction that missionaries are acting. There is a well-documented phenomenon at this point of South Korean missionaries coming to work in the United States. And reasons for that are many, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that in large measure, the South Korean church is flourishing and Parts of the American church are really struggling, and the South Korean church is looking and saying, hey, there are a lot of opportunities to share what we believe about Christ, what we believe about the entire world and everything that's true with Americans. They could use our help. Let's go over there and talk to them about Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is, if you had told any American in 1900 that that was going to be the case, they probably would have looked at you in shock and or disbelief. Mm -hmm. And yet it's happened and we're starting to see large missionary movements coming out of China and coming out of South Africa. And on the first order responses, this is awesome. Yeah. And second order responses, huh, mm-hmm. this is really interesting that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's particularly interesting because Americans tend to have a perception, which, as we've talked about in many episodes throughout this season that we are the biggest and only thing that's happening. Now, America has some extra complexities and complexes layered on top of that. But in general, it's easy to imagine that the thing that is happening in your place is the thing that is happening pretty much everywhere. It's easy to extrapolate and or read news that you only want to see or 
you can only read news that you don't want to see, which I don't know why people do that, but they totally do. Um, hate reading the news, man. Yeah, but like I, there's so many other things you can do with your time. I, I know. I'm with you. I don't understand <laughs> why you would do it either, but people totally hate read things. But totally. Anyway, so tacitly, we acknowledge that there are other countries, but sometimes in the way we think about them or in the way that we act towards our own country, we kind of deny that there are actually other countries that have other cultures that are flourishing and in some ways doing better than ours. And that's not very charitable of us. But again, it's just sort of a a problem that comes of having a, it's kind of a problem of being a person. Like you only have one set of perspectives. <laughs> like, and so... You need podcasts to expand your view. <laughs> See, we're doing good things for you, that's, listeners. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> but we are saying that there tends to be a myopia, especially when it comes to having had for hundreds of years the onus of the center of Christianity on the West. Um, there tends to be myopia um, about the decline of Western Christianity, which is a phrase I'm sure you heard before, that isn't matched with the rise of Eastern Christianity or the rise of Southern Christianity. Just like turning those sentences over in your brain, you've probably heard one of them more than the other. And that's something that we're interested in and that we want yep. to foster more knowledge about. We want to know more about what's going on in other countries in our religion. Yeah. And specifically within the context of Christian theologizing, there are some really interesting developments that have been a part of this. One is the recognition that the historically just fairly Eurocentric or American centric theologies are perhaps helpful and good, but not all there is to say on things. Because when Stephen sits down and reads the Bible and I sit down and read the Bible just by dint of personality and history and circumstance. He and I are going to see and pick up on different details, details that are all there, but we're going to notice different things. And that's true of two guys who have an awful lot of shared characteristics mm -hmm. and history. Mm -hmm. You have two people who grew up in fairly similar churches in fairly similar cities in certain ways in America and then went to the same college and were involved in some of the same ministries during that time and have been significantly involved in each other's lives since then. And we're still going to notice different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Imagine how much more that's true when you sit down a woman from South Korea who has just an extraordinarily different set of life experiences mm -hmm. that mean and, and a different cultural background, different different eyes to read with, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it's not that she's going to see things that aren't there for me. It's that the things are there, but I might be blind to them. And likewise, I might pick up things that she is blind to. And there's a complementarity that comes out of that that is really fascinating and really wonderful and really beautiful, I think, mm -hmm. that we're just starting to get a taste of how that plays out because mm -hmm. we're starting to have Western and non-Western theologians in much more active dialogue with each other. We're starting to have mm -hmm. theologies that are being 
in conversation with sort of the historic deposit of Christian orthodoxy that's come down both in the Eastern Orthodox and the Western, both Catholic and Protestant traditions, that's now in dialogue with large, very thoughtful, very quickly growing traditions coming up in places like South Korea, like South Africa, like Central Africa, which have concerns and cultures that are very different from the concerns and cultures that have done a lot of our theologizing so far. And so mm-hmm. within this tent, within this category of still very much orthodox historic Christian theologizing, there's new things happening. There are new perspectives being shed on the same ancient truths because of this dialogue. And it's it's great. I'll, I'll link a book in the show notes that tackles this in detail and says, what are some of the upsides? What are some of the downsides? How can we as Western church people, as Western Christ followers, mm-hmm. learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world? Mm-hmm. And as you can hear from my tone, no doubt, it gets me really excited. <laughs> in a, in a, and the reason for that is because I think it's something to be celebrated, not just in a sense of general multiculturalism, but in a very specifically Christian way, that this is one of the things we hope to see be true, is the church be made up of people from every kind of background, from every class, from every economic status, from every language background, from every ethnic background. And so when we start seeing that happening and see some of the really great flourishing in Christian thought and Christian practice that comes out of that, I just get, well, excited. Mm-hmm. I might have just taken the uh, the title for longest monologue this season <laughs> because I'm so excited about this. I don't actually think you did, but... <laughs> I gave it a good run for it. I think you gave it a good run for it. But one other thing that's particularly interesting about this and that I think is helpful for Western Christians to think about is that one thing that's prima facie there, but doesn't really get addressed all that often is that, yes, there's different culture that the Bible takes place in. There are a lot of different cultures that the Bible takes place in. We know that the Bible wasn't originally written in English, and we know that it wasn't performed it wasn't you know lived the things that were in it were not happening in a western american culture but the way that we read the bible kind of we act like it is the it's way true. That we interpret it and the way that we develop an understanding about it is filtered through a cultural lens of western american christianity and it doesn't strike us as weird that we do this even though that is there's a whole other language <laughs> that is under it. And as seminarians, seminarians do know this more often and more clearly than regular lay people. But By I, which even means he's heard me ramble an awful lot about Greek and Hebrew over the last several years. But I would still wager that there's some... I would still wager that there's some level where it doesn't really connect as as often as it does when we think about someone from South Korea being a Christian and we immediately have like this other response, which right. we hope that eventually we don't have that other response. And that <laughs> that's, we, indeed we, we normalize the relations of how we think about Christians in other cultures and Christians from other countries. But I think that we've already made that sort of peace almost to too great an extent with the Bible itself. And that kind yeah. of covers over this, sort of way that we could otherwise 
drag our understanding of, oh, yes, we live in a different culture than the Bible over to somebody else. Well, they live in a different culture than the Bible, too. <laughs> took yeah, a long time then, to get there, but that's where I was going. <laughs> I, I think it's a great spot to have gotten to. We did warn the listeners up front. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that point is really important because it is easy. And, th and that's actually one of the places where I think having a South Korean voice and a Namibian voice and a Bulgarian voice and a British voice and a Mexican voice and a, a, an American voice all sitting down and chatting is that actual otherness that we experience then of maybe needing a translator so that we can understand the Spanish and the Korean and mm -hmm. so on that I just listed out helps us remember that we need a translator to get at what the Bible has said as well, because mm -hmm. most of us don't grow up fluently speaking biblical Hebrew or Koine Greek. Those just aren't really languages of the day around here. Although if you and did, let us know. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. And frankly, my daughters might, but don't don't tell them that. Mm. Uh, sorry, problem of having nerdy parents, you know. <laughs> but no, there's a, a helpfulness about being reminded of that otherness and of therefore being challenged to go back and look again with fresh eyes and say, what have I missed? And a lot of times it is our brothers and sisters around the world who are reading with their eyes, who are helping us see the things that we've missed. Right. And I think it's important to, as we often subtextually say, and sometimes overtly say, we have to have humble stances towards all of this. It's, it's very, oh, easy. Yeah. it's very easy to come off as, as, the uh, the ugly American, even among people that are our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, much less people who are not. So it's it, Americans tend uh, to not have this ability for a variety of cultural reasons. We tend to speak loudly and long in situations where we are nervous as a cultural tick. <laughs> Most other cultures don't do this oddly. Roosevelt said to speak softly and carry a big stick. And we were like, I'll take the big stick, but not the speaking right. softly. Right. I'm going to speak loudly and carry a big stick. Right, right. And so there's there's some cultural awareness that we have to develop as we're developing this particular sensibility towards um, our brothers and sisters in other countries. Because even if we go in with good intentions for whatever it is, we have cultural bad habits um, that have partially come by only having two cultures uh, landlocked nearest to us, and one of them speaks mostly English. Sorry, Quebec. And I'm glad you apologized to Quebec because otherwise I was going to have to. <laughs> I did. I did. I apologized to Quebec. But because we've only had two cultures that we've had to brush up against consistently, and some people in America never have to brush up against either of them in a specific way, we hey. don't we don't have a specific way. Uh, we don't have a sensibility of interacting with foreigners on a regular basis. Now, there are plenty of foreigners in America. Let it not be said. That's what we're saying here. It's that a lot of the ways that people interact, whether they are Christian or not, don't come in contact with the Mexican or Canadian border or right. with large groups of immigrants. And this colors the way that right. we think about everything, including Christianity, because other countries 
do. <laughs> they come in contact with a lot of borders. And yeah, last week we talked about the EU, and the EU has a whole bunch of countries in it that share borders. Right. You can drive for eight hours and get a fair bit across the EU, and you can drive for eight hours and get partway into Texas. <laughs> and only partway. Yeah. So there's there's definitely some cultural awareness that we have to do, even amidst the great joy that both Chris and I have at seeing, yes, there are lots of other great things going on outside of America, uh, which it should be of great encouragement to anybody who is disappointed um, in whatever they feel, whether it's their specific denomination or, uh, you know, the nation at large or their state or whatever it is, the way that Christianity has been used, abused, purported, practiced, et cetera, et cetera, which isn't to say that other nations have it perfect either, but they have a lot of things happening and we want to celebrate that. Yeah. One of the things that's really helpful, I think, in looking at that is going back to something we said at the very beginning of the season, talking about helping other countries and helping people in need in other countries. Sometimes, and this is the the sort of cautionary piece in this, sometimes as Westerners, we can look and say, well, we've been doing this Christianity thing for, for 1800 years. How long have you been doing it? And get you know, pushy and obnoxious. And we want to avoid doing that. It is true that sometimes up and coming congregations or denominations might make a misstep here and there. It's, of course, the case that the Western church has made a few missteps along the way. I point you to the long history of the churches in the American South supporting first slavery and then segregation. Hmm, Maybe we've gotten it wrong a few times ourselves on really important issues. Yeah. But even insofar as there might be places where, hey, maybe maybe there is some some wisdom in the tradition, the great tradition, as we like to call it, that comes down all the way from the earliest church. There's also a willingness to learn from people who aren't us and who maybe are new to it. And perhaps, as we've all seen probably who are Christians on an individual level, to be encouraged by, oh, yeah. That's what it's like to be young and passionate about the faith, Mm -hmm. to see churches that have that kind of attitude rather than just a, we've been here a while and we are comfortable in our state approach to Christianity and to have that humility and to say, yeah, we have some things to offer you, but also to recognize we have a lot to learn from you and to to recognize that that mutuality is good Mm -hmm. and beautiful and beneficial Mm -hmm. and to have that humility to, as well as the broader humility you pointed at just a moment ago of saying, Hey, maybe it would be helpful if we actually remembered those people who are outside and in many cases inside our borders. Mm -hmm. There are an awful lot of Chinese speaking and Korean speaking churches here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And one of the most under discussed elements of what American evangelicalism looks like is that while, yes, on the whole, white Protestant and evangelical churches have seen some decline in numbers over the last generation, the same is not true if you just look at orthodox evangelical Christian churches in America in general. You start including Asian churches and African churches and African-American churches and Mexican descended churches and so like Latino churches, et cetera, you get a very, very different picture. And that's happening inside the United States. But as Anglo-Americans, we can get 
get that wrong and we can just miss an entire th- part of what's going on socioculturally and religiously in our own country, mm-hmm. much less around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's cause for celebration and good cheer as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an important thing to realize that there are, even within cities of any given size, lots of little cities within it. Um, yeah. As we've mentioned with various episodes this this season, um, kickstarting the hyper-local super farm um, in particular. but Still one of my favorite episode titles. I know, that's why I memorized it. Uh, but the, So there's a lot of other cities in your own city, and there's a lot of other Christians in your own city. And that's one of the things that we don't have time to discuss here today, and we may never get to. But I've always pondered and had an ambiguous relationship towards the nature of denominations. And yes, I have more understanding of of what they mean 10 years later on than I did when I was 18. I can attest to this. (laughs) Stephen and I had some great discussions slash arguments. Slash arguments. (laughs) 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, But I still have some ambivalence towards the concept of the denomination because I think that the fact that there are Korean American churches that ostensibly have their own denomination, the fact I don't know this is to my shame, but... The fact that there are potentially denominations to speak a different language doesn't mean that they have less to say to us. And just because there are denominations that have places in different countries doesn't mean that they have less to say to us, which is why they were kind and send us missionaries every now and then. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Before you go, we want to give a shout out to Zencaster, which is a new to us but i new think to us. relatively new <laughs> on the whole podcasting service that uh, allows you to record both ends of a call uh, seamlessly we're if hoping all goes seamlessly. well the audio that you're hearing right now will be coming from that if not we have backups yeah. but we're hoping the audio you're hearing right now will have come from that yeah. so thanks to zencaster for putting up their beta and getting feedback uh, we'd recommend if you're interested in podcasting, you should take a look. And if things work well, pay them when they have yeah. a service because paying for things is good. Yeah. Business models are good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rad. We, we've used it once, but we've had no hiccups so far, and uh, I like it. Good work, guys. Keep it up. The music at the beginning of the episode was Sarcophagus by Glyptotech. We used it with their permission. Please don't use it without their permission. Glyptotech is, is from Denmark. That is a great name. Mm -hmm. Thanks again to Andrew Fallows and Jeremy W. Sherman for sponsoring the show this month. If you'd like to get your name mentioned with Andrew Fallows and Jeremy W. Sherman, you can sponsor the show. Which you totally should. You can pledge monthly at patreon.com slash winning slowly or give a one-off at cash.me slash dollar sign winning slowly. We're still giving 10% of any support you give us to the Internet Archive. After all, every little bit does help when you're literally the world's only backup for the whole Internet. I don't know why we haven't come up with a better plan for this. If you like the show, please rate and review us in iTunes or recommend us in your podcast app directory of choice. Or, of course, you could also just tell a friend. You can find the show notes for this episode with links to the things we talked about, to the music, and probably to random things, it's too. It's true. A couple extras that I didn't mention. At winningslowly.org slash 4.13. You can also talk at us if you would like. Send us your thoughts on Twitter at Winning Slowly, on our Facebook page, or via email at hello at winningslowly.org. 
And if you do, we might just keep up this whole theme of audience interaction that we got to do the last few weeks live. Oh, that yeah. was fun. It was super and great. Audience interaction, even in non-live contexts, like by you sending us emails or follow-up. It's true. We'd like that. You only have one more episode to do it, though, before the season's over, so hurry it out. Step two. <clears throat> by which I mean, as always, and truly, as always, listeners, thanks for listening. There is mm-hmm. a well, what is the word I'm looking for? Established. Documented. There we go. There is a well-documented ins. <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to be the one having a hard time talking about this. The only thing you've got going today is some extra ums, and that's totally excusable. <laughs> uh, there is a well-documented phenomena of phenomena. Phenomena is plural. Goodness gracious. I can't say this sentence, Stephen. I know. There is a well. There is a well-documented phenomenon. There we go. There you go. That's going to be our main blooper for the episode, I hope. (laughs) Phenomenon. (laughs) Phenomenon. It's interesting that when we step back and say, okay, our country isn't the only one that exists, which we kind of acknowledge in well i i can't think of people that would think that there is only one country in the world <laughs> so you it's know, all we, a conspiracy there's really only one country there's no. really only one country <laughs> uh 